Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 6. Here's Pastor Ryan. Romans chapter 6. Let's pray first. Father, we just thank you again for our time. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the one true living God. And Lord, we praise your holy name this morning and just thank you for this place, Lord, where we can come and and worship you and uh, learn of you and be edified together. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, give us uh, insight to your word. Give us humble hearts, Lord, for you say that you teach the humble your way. And we want to learn your way, Lord. Father, bless this time. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say amen. So as you know, the church is ours now, right? For those of you who don't know, amen. For those of you who don't know, we, we started by renting schools and, and uh, we did that for many years. And uh, uh, during COVID, the school shut down and we were without a home. So we met at the park, Ripley Park in Banning, where uh, the city of Banning recreate, Parks and Recreation people, they said, oh, you're a church, you're essential to our community. At the time when the governor was, was saying we're, we're non-essential. And so we were able to meet outdoors in the summer there at the amphitheater. And then I was approached by a guy who bought this and was wanting to sell it uh, at, a, at a good cost. So that's what ended up happening. We're in a two-year lease to own. Well, we just bought it and escrow closed last week. So it's under Calvary Chapel Suite. So in COVID, we stayed open and God was like, they need a church. So... So God's good. Anyway, so in Romans chapter 6, as we know, this beautiful book of doctrine uh, uh, that uh, Paul writes to the church at Rome, um, he, in chapter 6, he begins to uh, teach that sin no longer can dominate uh, people through Christ. And that is an important... uh, biblical biblical lesson because Christianity is the preaching of being saved from our sins through faith in Christ but not just being saved but being saved by the power that sin has in a person's life and without that preaching the reality that a person can completely change through Christ then our preaching is in vain amen I am amazed at how wonderful the changing power of God is. I I wake up in awe of it every day. And I think it's, in my case, and we all have our story, but in my case, coming from the background that I come from, it's an it's a awe-inspiring miracle that Jesus changes people. That he can take people who were one way 
and in some cases very bad ways, to then becoming completely different. That's Christianity. That is what we preach to others, that you don't have to be what you used to be. That sin doesn't have to dominate you as it always has. Because we live at a time where, um, you know, people are making a lot of excuses for sin. They're making a lot of excuses for not changing their lives. Even, you know, Christians, you know, they, 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 they say they believe in Christ, but they're still practicing certain sins. They're still allowing themselves to have certain attitudes and, 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 and sins that aren't right. Excuses. But that's the opposite of what Christianity is. Christianity, God gives us the power to change lives. And that's what Paul is saying in Romans 6, that sin will not dominate your life. And so we have the choice to live a, a, a different life. And, and he poses uh, the question uh, in the beginning of this chapter, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Since Jesus died on the cross for, for the sins of the world. And only God knows how perverse and how great the perverseness of all the sins of mankind is. All of that placed on our Jesus, our Lord, who was innocent. All of that was placed on him. The grace is, is greater than a zillion oceans. It's that great. It's that big. It's that beautiful. And so Paul asks the questions, because that grace is so Big. Should we have this crazy idea that why don't we just keep sinning and living the way we always have since his grace is that big? Which is the thought of, of some Christians that are mistaken. Hopefully it's like a new believer or something, but if you've been walking with Christ for any amount of time, surely we don't think that way. Let's see what I can get away with since God is so good and merciful and forgiving. Let's see what I can get away with. No. No, when we come to Christ, we come in repentance. As Jesus said when he preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That means that we're coming to him ready to, to turn away from our sins and accept him as Lord. So for those who are grateful for their salvation, for those that, uh, you know, uh, are thankful to the Lord, there's no thought of what can I get away with with the Lord. There's, there's more of a, I want to stay away from anything that even remotely looks like the bad that I used to do. And for some who don't have a wild testimony or a, a big rap sheet, may, may, maybe it's attitude of self-righteousness. Maybe it's just an attitude of, of not liking people just for not liking people's sake. Whatever the sin is, we should... We should be those who want to be as far away from that as possible. For the Lord says, even the appearance of, of evil is sin. To stay away even from the appearance of it. And someone who's grateful for their salvation wants to stay away from it. They're not, they're not asking the question, how much can I get away with, with God? And Paul says, you know, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? And uh, he answers the question, his own question, certainly not. 
When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, like I said, he not only paid for our sins, but he also removed sin's ability to dominate people's lives. For a believer, we are not bound by the power of sin anymore. So if a believer is truly repented of their sins and grateful for their salvation, they would never continue to practice the things that they used to practice. Paul said in this chapter, verses 10 through 14, he says, for the death that he died, speaking of Jesus, the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the, sin, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Number yourself to be dead to your sins. Consider your old life, the way you used to live, the way you used to think. Consider that gone, dead. It should be a non-issue. When those thoughts come up of the old life, we should just say no with those thoughts. No with that way of life. It's dead. It's done. It's been crucified with Christ. Therefore, Paul says, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Paul says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Because sin doesn't have dominion over us, Jesus took care of the power of it. We're not dominated by it. We can say yes or we can say no. Amen? But because we can now make our own choice to say no to sin, Paul is saying, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't let it reign. Because who now is reigning in our lives? Jesus Christ is. He is our king. So we have the choice to let our king reign in our life every single day of our life. Sin doesn't have dominion over us. And this is important to our preaching because there are people who think, who say, that's just the way I am, I can't change, that's the way God made me. And, and, and God forbid that Christians agree with the excuse makers and say, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, they're this way. They've always been this way. No, no. We serve a God that completely changes us. We serve a God who no matter what the vices, no matter what the, if it's the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life, whatever attitude, sin that we used to do in Christ, you don't have to do it anymore. And this is why people cannot make excuses when they're before the Lord being judged and say, well, the devil made me do it. Or you made me this way after all. This doctrine, this Bible, the gospel that Jesus preaches is that we don't have to sin anymore. That's why he came. He didn't just take care of the punishment of it. He took care of its power. And that's why we're different. That's why every morning is an awe-inspiring moment for my life. I cannot believe how God has completely changed me. Clarissa would not still be married to me if I hadn't changed. She's the church's <laughs> accountability for y'all. I'm not the same guy. In the world, I was, you know, broken home. No father around, a stepfather that was abusive. A mother that was disinterested in my life latchkey kid 
At 15, I joined a gang, and I lived that life until I became a Christian just before I turned 24. So I was 23, but it was a month before my birthday. And, um, but I'm not that guy anymore. I'm just not. Because that's what Christ does, and that's what we preach. If people made the excuse that, oh, well, I'm just this way, I, I can't change. I mean, what does that say about the power of God? God is powerful to change us. And so that's what we preach, change through Christ. Salvation of your sins, change through Christ. Don't let uh, sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the, f- alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin, that last verse there in verse 14, do you see it there in chapter 6? For sin shall not have what? Dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. When the Lord says we are not under law, what he is saying to us, as as those who believe in Christ were under grace, not under the law, is that under the law, all human beings are guilty before God for their sins. Some of you have gotten in trouble with the law, I'm sure. Right? No? Yes? (laughs) Not here. I started my ministry with U-Turn for Christ and in the jails and... So it was obvious. But let's say traffic tickets, speeding. You know, we've all gotten a speeding ticket. But just think about being pulled over by a cop and, and for speeding. And maybe doing a California stop, running a, a stop sign. And, you know, usually we, we understand that we're at fault, that we're guilty. But if that officer says to us, see that sign there? That speeding sign? See that stop sign? See that sign over there? That other sign? Once he starts pointing out the signs that say, thou shalt not speed, our guilt doubles. Like I knew I was guilty, but now that you pointed out, the signs are right here, I'm more guilty. So the law makes all mankind guilty before God. The Ten Commandments were given, not so that people can see those laws and say, man, I, I keep them all, I'm good. No, it's, we, none of us can keep them, so we need a Savior to save us from the punishment of breaking the law. And that's where Jesus comes in. He fulfills the law by dying for the penalty of the breaking of the law. Thanks be to Jesus. So by faith we believe in him and we're under grace. We're not under the law anymore because we've accepted Jesus as our Lord. So we're under grace. And so uh, here in verse 15, Paul then says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. And so Paul, again, says the same type of, of, of question as he did at the beginning of this chapter. Since we're under grace and not under law, shall we, con- shall we continue uh, to, to sin? Since our sins are not magnified by the law, why don't we just sin? Again, it's this crazy idea that as a believer in Christ, I can, I can still practice sin. And that's not the case. The Bible says that he who is born of God does not sin. And what it means is the practicing of sin. Because Paul already stated, sin doesn't have dominion over you. 
It doesn't have dominion over me. If you want to say no, by God's power, you can say no. You're free because of the power of God. If you want to still practice sin, it's because you still want to practice sin. It's not because you have to. It's not because the devil made you do it. It's because you are not repentive the way the Bible says to repent. And, and again, a person that is repented of their sins, I believe is broken and contrite. Who understands the weight of what they've done. And this is why I can, I, I can tell you when I got saved, it meant something to me. I was broken, I was choking, I was crying. Because I understood that his blood is taking all of my dirt away. And that he was going to be able to help me to be a different man, which I thought I could not be a different man because of the man that I was. I didn't think I can be a different man. So when you think of your salvation, if, if, if you're, you don't well up with some sort of feeling for him saving you, I, I ask, why not? He who is forgiven much loves much. And, and, and there are people who think that, you know, it's just a religious thing. It's something that mom and dad and grandma and grandpa want me to do. Rather than, no, understand that Jesus loves you and that without his sacrificial death for your sins, you're not going to heaven. This is all you're going to get. The moment your heart stops beating, you're going to hell, the place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. It's a very serious and real thing. This is why no matter the, the length of the rap sheet or the testimony, you're still grateful to the Lord for saving you. And thus, why would we do anything to hurt him? And so I remember preaching, you know, and I started with the gels. I started with U-Turn for Christ. And it, and it was like, you know, you tend to see guys kind of get religion when they're in a program or, or when they're in jail or when they're in a war. They get religion and then they're out of the war, they're out of the jail, they're out of the program, and then they're back to their old lives. Why? Because they wanted God just to help them in their situation, that, the trouble that they were in. But they weren't really serious about their sin and what it costs in following Christ. Amen. So I, I like to preach. I like to teach. I think it's important because it's biblical that it's not enough just to love God, but we must hate evil. We must hate sin. And I'm not talking about the big egregious sins only. I'm talking about the attitude. The pride that says, I don't really need to be uh, pious towards the Lord. I really don't need to be consistent in my walk. I really don't need to go to church. I really don't need to read my Bible. I really don't need to pray. I really don't. I like, gee, I love Jesus, but I just don't like the people, so I don't have to be around them. All of that talk is pride. When we come to Christ, we're done. We're undone. We're, un we're unwrapped like an onion. The layers come off, and, and what he says goes. That's Christianity. And he says, if you lose your life for his sake, you will find it. So sin does not have dominion over us. I don't care if it's pornography. I don't care if it's uh, uh, covetousness. You name the sin. Anger. You know, oh, my parents were violent. You know, I mean, we're human beings. All of us have PTSD in some form or another, right? I mean, this is not an easy world. But no matter what we've gone through, Jesus can escort us, shepherd us, heal us, strengthen us, give us the ability to thrive.
because we, we preach the gospel, which is the power of Jesus' resurrection. What shall we say then? Because we are not under law, but under grace. Should we sin? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. And so here he uses, uh, uh, you know, the terminology of, of uh, being a slave. And uh and it's a good one because to be a slave is to be mastered by something or someone. Amen. It means to be mastered by somebody, to be placed under bondage by, by a master. And so I think it's a, it's a brilliant uh, um, description of, of what happens uh, when we put ourselves under the mastery of sin of our flesh. And he says, you know, why we should stay away from sin is because it can, if, if you dabble with sin, it'll enslave you. And that's what he's saying to the believer who thinks, oh, it's just a little here, there. That's why Paul would say, you know, all things are lawful for me, you know, but I will not be put under the bondage of, of any. Like, you know, so the idea of Christian liberties and oh, you know, you know, I drink a little with my steak and stuff, you know. Be careful. Be careful. Because you can make someone stumble, first of all. You can make someone stumble. So many people's lives have been destroyed by alcohol. And if they see a Christian drinking, it's, it'll make them stumble. But then the Bible also says, beware to him who thinks he can stand lest he fall. Oh, I can handle a beer or two, people say. And then next thing you know, they're full-blown gone, you know. So, so again, sin can enslave, you know, a little bit of uh, peeking at pornography or whatever, whatever it is. Paul is just saying, don't you know that if you present yourself, if you give yourself to that, it'll master you. So be careful. And he uses that terminology of a slave, which I think it, it's, it's good. You know, whatever we choose to give ourselves to, we become that one slave whom we obey, whether sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. Jesus has made us free, has he not? If there's anybody that is going to have mastery of our lives, shouldn't it be Jesus? He's our king. You know, so as a Christian, guard your hearts against your emotions and your flesh, giving your freedom to others. No one should master us but Jesus. Amen. And I spoke a little bit in first service about, you know, in, in my early days as a Christian, you know, I... I I got saved and then I was a single young man for four years before I met my wife. And like any young single man or woman, uh, you pretty much want to get married quick as a Christian. Um, so, you know, but the Lord made it that it would take four years for me. That's the same amount of time as high school. In high school, I was running amok. I was lost in my sins. And go figure that God made me wait four years before I got married. 
It's like Jacob. <laughs> but in that time, I learned. You know, I was going to a great college and career uh, study at Costa Mesa. I was part of a good group. It's like 200 college and career you know, brothers and sisters my own age, you know, so it's like everyone's kind of like, you know, we were seeking God, but we kind of had an eye out for who was a, a prospect for marriage. And uh, God had to show me because, you know, there was one sister I thought, hey, you know, she, but she was having a rough time and in a bad time in her life and she was like had backslidden and was coming back to the fold. And I thought, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe her. And uh, the Lord taught me through that experience. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.